Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast live. We are coming to you live on Facebook Live, YouTube, and soon in the next coming weeks, we'll be adding more platforms, but so excited to be with all of you today as we unpack sports, faith, and life. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you like the, the Facebook page, Unpacking It. And then also you can subscribe to the podcast. So if you only catch a little bit of the live show, but you want to hear the full thing later on, you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. And today on the show, it'll be very NFL heavy as we recap what was an awesome NFL weekend and what now sets up for some really good championship games. I'm still holding out hope for a Chiefs. Packers Super Bowl. To me, that's the best case scenario. But now with Tom Brady still in the mix with the Bucks, makes it very intriguing. And then everybody's bandwagon favorite, the Buffalo Bills, are still alive. They did it. They knocked off the Ravens. We saw some interesting injuries over the weekend. How will some of those uh, affect even this coming weekend? So plenty to discuss today. We want you to be involved as well. You can get involved on the chat. We'll read some of those comments throughout the show. Uh, we'd love to, to hear your feedback and, and any questions that you may have throughout the show. Uh, before we jump in, let me uh, thank some of our, our sponsors. Let, let's thank Health Market Genius. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. So each week, we'll be coming to you about 1030. Uh, if you know me well, I'm always a little late. I'm always about five minutes late in general. So we were a little late to start today. But we're, we're going to shoot for, uh, for 1030 each week. We'll go about an hour. And we're going to have a lot of fun uh, as a community of sports fans following Jesus. So we'll look at the big sports stories. And then toward the end of the show, we'll take a look at this day's devotional. And, and so today, we're going to talk about being in process in sports, in life, how that relates to us. And, and the work that God's doing in our lives. And so uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But let's say hello to my co-host. He's the pastor of Payne, former NFL linebacker with the New York Giants, former South Carolina Gamecock, Corey Miller. He's the Unpacking It Director of Ministry Outreach. Corey, good morning. How are you? Doing well, guys. Good morning to Greetings here from Columbia, South Carolina. And, of course, uh, looking forward to getting into some sports talk this morning. Of course, a lot of great stuff, as you mentioned, alluded to uh, with the playoffs. So a lot of very intriguing games over the weekend. A lot of really good football games. I mean, when you think about the National Football League, a lot of people are like, ah, grown man football, I'm not feeling it right now. But – a lot of great games, and I think the championship games are setting up to be extremely nice. Uh, a lot of storylines in that as well, so I'm excited about that. And, uh, you know, coaching changes, things like that. Sean Watson a little upset, a little angry. So we got so much to, to really get into today, B. I mean, you know, when you're talking about 
late in January. We we always think, right, NFL, I love to call it grown man football. So I'm excited about that. See what you guys uh, think about the teams that are advancing. Uh, some good storylines, as I mentioned. Uh, you know what? Quick thing, B, when you think about playoffs, you know, if you want to be a playoff contender, I was thinking about this yesterday as I sat on my porch. My my man came outside as I was freezing at the church. <laughs> but you can't make it without good quarterback play. Mm. And, and and I looked throughout the playoffs. Think about the teams that even was in the playoffs. I mean, they really have great quarterback play. I mean, so, I mean, it's one of those things to where uh, if you don't have a trigger man, if you don't have a guy that can can manage, run, be that guy on offense at the quarterback position, brother, you are in trouble. I mean, I go, look, Cleveland, I mean, good quarterback play. Like him or not, Baker Mayfield, extremely nice quarterback. I mean, Josh Allen, Lamar, I mean, you know, he didn't play well, but, but still, he's been an MVP of the league. You know, they need a little bit of help offensively. You know, then you got the, the Breeze-Brady deal that happened last night. Of course, Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, if we go right down the rosters of, you know, Phillip Rivers, your coach. I mean, we're talking about not just good quarterbacks. They've been legendary quarterbacks. I think the only really issue was the Redskins, who, you know, the NFC East, nobody really cared about that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's my my mm-hmm. division. But they didn't have good quarterback play, but they snuck in. Somebody had to make it. So other than probably them, uh, the, the Washington football team, I mean, when you think about, about it, everybody else had pretty good trigger, man. If, you, if you're going to succeed in the NFL, you better have a good quarterback play. Absolutely, because the four teams left, I would say, are the four best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Because, you know, Tom Brady, even though he's older, toward the end of the season, I mean, he started clicking. Was he unbelievable yesterday? No. But what he does to an offense, and, and when he needs to, to make a big play, he makes it. And then Josh Allen played as well as anybody this year. And then, of course, Mahomes and Rodgers are the two best quarterbacks. And so that's who we're seeing at the end. And did Buffalo's defense kind of – Changed the game on on Saturday night. Absolutely, they in in many ways out of nowhere they they dominated. I mean, the, the big touchdown return, 101 yards was impressive. But to limit Lamar Jackson the way that they did was somewhat surprising because they're not loaded with all these Pro Bowl defenders. But but ultimately, even though okay, I will give some love to Buffalo's defense. Tampa Bay's defense yesterday forcing turnovers and and you know making Drew Brees look pedestrian. But it it comes down to the four top quarterbacks that's who's brought their teams to the championship games and and it's fun so uh i'm excited with these these four guys and i still want to see that mahomes rogers super bowl matchup because i think that's that's kind of the the best case scenario but but let's say hello we got one other uh guy who's a key part of this show he's our social media director and running things behind the uh the scenes it's luke in texas luke good morning how are you Hey, how's it going, guys? It is a splendid morning to talk sports and faith and all of the above. I'm uh, back in Texas, made the safe road trip from Hartford, Connecticut, moving uh, my fiance stuff down. So it was uh, a fun road trip, plenty of podcasts, plenty of music, uh, plenty of trying to figure out how we can get a 22-foot moving truck into a gas station, but we made it safely. So it's uh, doing well, doing well. I, I love it. Well, speaking of road trips, what's your go-to number one road trip song that maybe you like it in general, but when you're on the road, it's even better. 
You turn it up. You're feeling good. Nobody knows who you are because you're in the middle of nowhere. You can sing your little heart out. What's that song for you, Luke? Man, I'll tell you what. It's always been Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. <laughs> I cannot get enough of that song on road trips. I mean, I for for like at least 10 years, it's been Jesse's Girl. So uh, I'm probably going to take that song to the grave with me on road trips. I, I like Jesse's Girl. There it is. What, what's the song for you, Corey? Say it again. I'm sorry. What, what's, what's your song? What's your road trip song? You listen, man. I am a Darius Rucker, Hootie and the Blowfish. These are my boys. We're Gamecocks, <laughs> you know, ride or die type brothers. And I went on tour with them years ago for about, I was supposed to go two weeks. I ended up going about seven months. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, you know, you know, Jesus was a little bit far from me at that point in time in my life. So I can say I enjoyed that, that ride at the time. But, you know, I, I can put Darius in country. I can put Hootie and the Blowfish in and just let it go. And and we can ride, bro. Yeah, just let it go, bro. I mean, you know, there's so many great songs. Of course, I know all the words. I sing with them sometimes, too. So, you know, I just get Hootie's my Hootie slash Darius Rucker. Yeah, he's right up there for me as well. But if I'm going to throw out just kind of a fun road trip song, Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA. <laughs> you I, I, You're rocking and rolling, baby. Wait I'm a minute. Did you say Miley Cyrus? Party in the USA? Does it get any better than that? <laughs> on the road? Come on. Right? Let me, let me, I'm, I got to write this note down in my hand because I'm like, gotta, I'm going to hold that with Miley Cyrus. Party in the USA. <laughs> tell, me, tell me you're not driving down the road. That, come, that song comes on the radio. You're turning that up. You're not turning the channel. There's no way. You're throwing your hands in the air. No way. No way. No. I just the whole Molly Cyrus thing just it just threw me off. But I, I mean, I want to just go outside and scream right now. <laughs> Don't knock that song. Turn it up. This weekend, I was I was hanging out with Maddie. We we're listening to uh, some some dance party songs and having a big old time in the kitchen. So if Miley comes on, we're loving life. But all right, well let's uh, let, let's talk about the the games and and to me. Probably the most exciting moment of the weekend was the Chiefs-Browns game when Chad Henney ran the ball, almost getting the first down. Tony Romo thought that it was a first down. It was a little premature on that one. And then it sets up for fourth and inches. And then they throw the ball. Chad Henney makes the throw. And, I mean, we, I think we have to take a step back and think about Chad Henney is still in the NFL. This is the same quarterback that my App State Mountaineers went up to Michigan and beat, remember, in 2007. So that guy's still in the NFL. Has he ever really been good? Definitely not great. So the fact that he's been able to hang on is impressive. Then when they needed him most, he made two huge plays. I've never seen him run that fast. He's been holding it all in because I, I don't think he's played in a couple of years anyway. Uh, so the fact that, that the Chiefs trusted him, he lived up to the moment. That was a, a huge, I guess, just play and, you know, devastating for, for Browns fans that, that they fell short. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But, but I, that was the, the moment for me. Was there a play this weekend that, that really stood out to you guys? Or, or what did you make of that, that Chad Henney performance to, to seal the victory for the Chiefs? Yeah, that was huge for me because when you think about, you know, the Cleveland Browns and, and, you know, nobody really gave them a chance going up to Arrowhead Stadium, taking on Patrick Mahomes and that that fantastic offense that they run. They got so many weapons, Andy Reid, you know, Eric Bieniemy on the sidelines calling those ball plays. And and yet they fought hard and stayed around in this football game, made some, 
some stops. Uh, Mac Wilson, who's an Alabama linebacker, you know, of course, uh, hit Mahomes, gave him a concussion or whatever it was happened on that play. Oh, yeah. Looked kind of weird, you know, whatever happened. But but he goes out the game and he comes in. Listen, man, when the best job in the National Football League is is a holder if you can hold a snap or a backup quarterback, right? You can <laughs> hang around and and just look at the money that they have made. You're not getting beat oh. up, but when your number is called and you got to be ready to go. And here's the thing that impressed me. The players had extreme confidence in him. Yep. They didn't waver. No. You know, he had a, a you know, a bad interception, right? But that's okay, but when you look at all the other plays that you alluded to, Bryce, the guy made plays. I thought it was a first down too, by the way. I was with Tony Romo. I thought they gave him a bad spot, but but the guy made an ex- just exciting Brilliant play, and then Andy Reid. How about the the fourth down play? Oh, I mean, think man. about it. Just let's stand around, let's motion, let's do this, let's act like we're gonna let you call a timeout. No, we're gonna run a play. And, did, you, and, did, you right amazing. did you see the right tackle smack his butt to say, "Hey, we're gonna run this play"? Did you notice <laughs> that in real time? I, did, that, I didn't notice that one. Yeah, because that's what triggered the play. Because everyone's standing around, and Romo's thinking, "Oh, they're not gonna do anything." Poor Romo, he was kind of zero for two there at the end, but. Uh, but but no, I, I I was watching the whole thing, and then the right tackle smacks his butt, and then boom, Henny hikes the ball, quick quick pass, first down. Uh, so that was just a a wild play. Kind of, yeah, to your point with Andy Reid, just a unique setup, threw everybody off guard, but but set up really well. So uh, so very very cool. Uh, Luke, what was the moment for for you this weekend that that stood out to you? Yeah, I hate to double down on Chad Henny, but almost you have to because what just a dog playing out there. I mean, uh, like run, like uh, I think it was a third down and 14 scramble diving head first to get the first <laughs> down. I mean, this dude was a beast out there. I mean, the exactly what you want out of a backup quarterback to come in. And it reminds me of maybe the greatest backup quarterback in NFL history in regards to not having to play and getting paid. And that's chase Daniel. Oh, that dude goodness. has hardly played at all and has made so much money. So and he much. just he just sits on the sideline with a clipboard. I mean, there was there was uh, numbers that came out, I think a year or two ago. Like his his dollars per pass is hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> because he just doesn't go in. So uh I love that. Um, and then a cool uh heartwarming uh takeaway from the weekend is uh, seeing Lamar Jackson sign autographs for fans after they landed at the airport um, after after a loss, but he still uh, made efforts to go sign autographs for fans, for Bills fans as well, who are waiting for him at the airport. So that was really cool to see that. And then just seeing Tom Brady and Drew Brees bro hug it out on the field uh, at the end of last night's game, that was really that was really nice. But uh, great weekend of football, and I cannot wait for the conference championship games. Really set up nicely for next week. And so let's talk about Brady and, and Breeze last night. And what was so interesting, I, I think maybe going in, there was the thought of a oh, high scoring, you know, both these a quarterback battle. It's all about the two old guys. What can they do? And it really was all about the defenses. And you, know, you hate to just simplify it to, oh, it just came down to turnovers. But that's really, that was the difference. Breeze turned the ball over. And, and I was looking at him just on the sideline. He just didn't have it yesterday. He just he just didn't look like you could look in his eyes and it was like something's missing. He just it, he just didn't have a grasp of the game and and was really struggling. And when Jameis Winston came in, I mean, what a spark 
he was. And what's so interesting is Drew Brees, he can play as long as he wants. He's, I mean, just think about what he's done for that city, that franchise, the longevity. He's, he's got all the, the, the cachet and the, the power and the control or whatever. But you have to, to, to realize he just doesn't have it anymore. He, he's a detriment to the Saints at this point in his career. Wow. And, and that's, you know, that's sad and you know, crazy to think. But I actually believe, and who knows, but if Winston was in there toward the end, I think he would have sparked a few more plays. Now, he may have turned the ball over too, but I, I think he could have thrown the ball downfield. Breeze was not able to throw the ball down the field, and so the Saints just weren't a threat, and their offense could never really get going, um, even though they limited the Bucks to a certain extent. But again, when Brady needed to make a big play, he made it. Whether it was Scotty Miller, Johnson had a huge catch, uh, Gronk, of course, and, and Evans got in the end zone, and so... Uh, all the weapons they they stepped up when they needed to, but it it wasn't the high scoring game that maybe I had I had anticipated. Well, you know, listen, I, Drew Brees is, is that guy. He owns about every passing record in the not National Football League, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bury him and 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 eulogize him right now because I think he still can play. I think he's yeah. still got the ability to play football, you know, and, and listen, a lot of quarterbacks in this league can't throw the deep ball. So I think, I think you have to, you know, implement, you got to be able to uh, create an offense where he can do what he does. Listen, a lot of those things last night wasn't really his fault. I mean, uh, you know, Jared, Jared Cook. Cook is a Gamecock, you know, ball hit him in the hands. I mean, he just missed, and the ball bounced up in the the interception. That's not on Drew Brees. I go back to Alvin Kamara. You know, when you got that that back, what we call a go route, basically down the seam out of the backfield, that was on Kamara. You know, he's supposed to break that route off. He wasn't even looking for the football. That's interception number two. So, you know, I I know it's easy, and I was listening to a lot of commentators last night. It's easy to go and say, you know, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Well, a couple of those throws are not his fault, those interceptions. So you got to go back and look at what he did. And I know the competitor that he is, that's going to be hard for him to leave the game with that in his mind. When you think about all the accomplishments, when you think about all the great success, winning a Super Bowl, you know, what he's done for the city, uh, you know, of New Orleans. I mean, you know, to leave that empty stadium with that in your mind, that I threw three interceptions, my team lost, and this is the way I want to walk into retirement. I'm having a hard time believing that's the way he's going to end his career. I wouldn't want to, as a former player, end my career with one of the worst games I ever played because, listen, those things, those accomplishments that I just talked about, that goes out the window. What's going to stay with you? Brady, Breeze, and I stunk up the joint. That's the way you want to leave the game? I don't think so. Yeah, but but what if he just doesn't have it anymore? So you come back and it only gets worse. It only gets worse. Corey, I mean, yesterday he he averaged 3.9 per completion, 3.9 yards per completion. He can't throw the ball down the field. So he he just wasn't he wasn't a threat. And and that's what made him great. I mean, he could throw, you know, I would even say just his accuracy and kind of that that mid-range throw was always probably his sweet spot versus being this great deep ball thrower. But still I would say he's never been a deep yeah. ball thrower. And 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 really but you gotta you be know, a people. But yeah, but people got you got to think about who's what what they're calling the offense. The Saints don't. It's not a down the field push it down the field football team. That's not who they are. I, I mean, so you know, a lot of folks I hear them say this, and it becomes a narrative. 
one thing I know about being in national media before and understand, guys try to create narratives and people jump on the train and want to ride with it. But that's not really who they are when you look at the, you know, the offense. They are a short dig route, crossing routes. You know, they'll throw a 50-50 ball every now and then. But the Saints are not a down-the-field passing threat. So, And I go back and like, who is? Who is in the NFL that pushes the ball down the field? The Chiefs will do it because Patrick Mahomes will throw it 2,000 yards. Um, Josh you know, Tom Brady, the digs. Yeah, and Tom, Tom, Brady is, Tom Brady is not a down-the-field passer. Think about it. If you look at his throws, they're short throws. They, they used to have the tight end. I mean, so there's not a, a lot of teams, one, in the NFL that throws the ball down the field because, one, you're not going to have a lot of great success in doing that. So you got to be able to find guys, big receivers that you can throw 50-50 balls, back shoulder balls, you know, jump balls, and then run your routes, guys that can get open. So I, I wouldn't go and say he can't throw it no more because that throw last night to Jared Cook, that was a 30-yard, 30, 30 I mean, the zipper that he just didn't – he missed Josh. I mean, I mean the ball bounced up. That's not on Drew Brees. So, you know, maybe so it's time year. for him, but not, I don't think so. Well, but but every year the Saints now are underachieving in the playoffs. And so we, we've made excuses for them, you know, year after year. It was the refs the one year against the Rams. It was the crazy Minnesota miracle and Stephon Diggs and Case Keenum. And then, you know, Saints were knocked out because of that. Maybe it's just that at this point in Drew Brees' career, as the season goes on, he gets banged up. He has injuries every year. They, you know, the toll that it takes on his body and being an older quarterback that, when it comes to the playoffs, he's not doing what is necessary to get them over the hump. You can't blame the defense. The defense was great. They've got a wonderful running back. They've got Michael Thomas, one of the top wide receivers. But he, what did he do yesterday? Um, so, uh, to me, yeah, I'm not a breeze. Majority not, of the year. Well, no, he has. But I'm, I'm not a breeze apologist. I don't like the Saints, so that's my perspective on it and as a Panthers fan I'm ready for Brees to move on I guess but, oh now there we go there we go we wanted to go to the there it is see we got to it but I still but I still believe what I'm what I'm saying you, you just look at him out there and you go he's just not he's not the one that's going to get you over the hump and like I said earlier the four top quarterbacks that's those they the won guys. the south I mean they spanked Tom Brady twice they won the south I mean they, so if he's not the one to get you over the hump what is that saying for the rest of the NFC south because yeah. they still wanted it. I mean, with Drew, with old Grandpa True Priest, I they mean, they're, they're still winning. But they are, yeah, he's not the same, of course. I mean, none of us get the same as we get older, stay the same. Be, but Tom Brady. That's your Tom Brady, <laughs> and he's got the money to kind of, you know, it's like Hollywood. You know, you can yeah, keep going, right. keep looking good if you got, the, you know, Johnny Manziel's. But, right, yeah. you know, it's just like, I, I mean, I, I think he may retire, but I just, last night I was telling my wife, I just think, to leave like that, I mean, you know what I mean. Maybe you come back and and maybe you say, "Hey, I'm a, I'm gonna come back and just get the regular season and say, hey, you know what? I don't toss three touchdowns against the Panthers. I'm done, and I'm gonna walk out. I'm gonna do a curtain call. I, I don't. He deserves enough. better. No, he he deserves better. I know he's done enough, but he deserves better when fans come back that people can appreciate him. That that to go out and blow a kiss and, and you know, and uh, Kirk Ministry's a good friend of mine. You know, he wasn't waving at the fans. He was waving at his wife and his kids up there, which yeah. he normally does. And, you know, it's like, you this man deserves better than that. So if, I, if, if I'm Drew Brees, I say, chalk this season up, COVID year. I'm coming back. I mean, I, hey, Sean Payton, 
I ain't gonna play. I'm gonna get to maybe one or two games, one game, so I can do a curtain. He deserves oh, that and walk game. away from the game. So he's gonna go through training camp for one game. Yeah, he's but he ain't gonna play that. training camp anyway. He ain't gonna well, play. That's fair. That's fair. But no, I think to me, as fans, we look back, we know all that Breeze has done. We're not gonna remember the final game that was, you know, or hold that against him. It just that was the end. We saw the end of Drew Brees, and he just didn't have it anymore. That's where I come out. But anyway, we, we thought more about that as the, the season goes on, and we'll, we'll hear what his final decision is. All the, the reports and the rumors are that he is done, but, but we'll see if he changes his mind. And sounds like he's got a gig with NBC Sports uh, waiting for him, so, so we'll see what that looks like as well. Um, but we, also the other you know, big kind of story from the weekend, too, the Ravens lose again. So we're, we're seeing a little bit of a trend. Last couple of years, Saints go down earlier than they hope. Ravens go down earlier than they hope. And, and so then the question is, you know, can Lamar Jackson win deep into the playoffs? Can he win when it's cold? Um, you know, what was you know, the story with the, the injury and getting a concussion? And can, can he be better protected and, and all that, that goes into that? So what did you make of the, the Ravens losing and, and kind of, yeah, now underachieving yet again? Oh, boy, this is, I'm just going to be a tough Monday because I may sound like the, the big quarterback apologist Ooh, on this day, right? Today. And, but I, I want to say this, you know, again, when we talk about the narrative, B, Luke, what's the easiest thing to jump on with Lamar Jackson? Oh, he needs an all season to develop his passing. He needs an all season to work on the passing game. That that was going to be the storyline, regardless if they lost, right? That's all. It always the easiest thing to go to. Listen, Lamar Jackson can throw the football. Lamar Jackson has been the NFL MVP at quarterback. That that is very hard to do, and he's been very consistent even since then, right? The Baltimore Ravens is a running football team. This is who they are. You Keep know, Dobbins. They wouldn't. You know, they, they run the football and they want to pound you, but they do have to incorporate a passing game that is a, a down the field passing game. They don't have Lamar Jackson needs help. He does. He's I mean, a receiver, besides, no question. Right. Besides Brown, that wide receiver who who's inconsistent. They got Des Bryant, who's come <laughs> off the off the wherever he's been. <laughs> they don't have anybody, and they got the tight end. Yeah, and that's easy to take the tight end away, guys. Yep. I mean, so you know, last year they had two or three tight ends, so they pose a bigger threat and a bigger problem. Lamar Jackson is fine. Yes, he can win. Yes, he can win past the second round. But they got to get the dude some help, and I think the play calling have to expand because here's the thing: in the playoffs, people are going to take away what you do. And that's what Buffalo did, right? They took away the thing that they did the best. That's what great defensive coordinators do. And just like you and I, they know much better because they studied the tape. They go, hey, they got Hollywood Brown over here. He's their best wide receiver. And he's not that good. So who else? So we can go one-on-one. Josh Norman, all these other. Listen, take away these guys. We'll go one-on-one. We're gonna we're gonna box everything in. We're gonna keep him following inside, and it's a wrap. He can't win. He just need better play calling and better producers on the outside. Yeah, it's just it's interesting 
the narrative of Lamar Jackson because you know last week he was awesome and we came on Monday and we were you know talking about how great he is and and then the following week it can it goes the opposite way and so he just still has a lot to prove and he's got to do it in the playoffs and so he'll be that guy in the conversation until he he breaks through and and so we'll, again we'll talk more about that in, in a little bit when we talk about being in process and so he's still a young quarterback he still has to develop and he still has to become more of a threat but i i agree with you as far as passing the passing goes he's got to have the weapons to be able to throw to so there, there's no question about that luke do you want to jump in on anything yeah i just want to say i think it just goes to show we're reminded that it is so hard to win a super bowl oh. like you think of of sean payton and drew Brees have one mccarthy and rogers only had one but should the question really be only had one? I mean, to win a, a Super Bowl is so hard. And Brady has has created this, this expectation that if you have a great coach and quarterback, you should win a ton. I mean, in the AFC for a long time, for the for like 15 years, it was only Roethlisberger, Manning, or Brady making the conference or making the Super Bowl from the AFC. Like oh, it is Flacco. so yeah, or a flack of the one year. It is so hard to break through. Um, so I, 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 that's what I have to try to remind myself of. Yeah, I want to see players like Lamar Jackson uh, play better, maybe carry his team to the next round. But an expectation, some, some, some of the narrative is if they don't win a Super Bowl, it's a bust. But, man, it is so hard to win a Super Bowl. Because even again, if if Rogers and McCarthy only had one, and Breeze and Peyton only one, it it must be a very very hard thing to capture. So well, everything has to have to fall in place. You got to have all the pieces. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, it, it is hard because you know playing pretty much a decade in this league, you know, just to get to the playoffs consistently, it's hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I the Giants went there twice before I got there. The year before I got there, they won the Super Bowl. Right, ninety the one to ninety Super Bowl. I got drafted ninety one, and and never sniffed it. But when the playoffs several times, it, it's extremely hard. You got to have everything clicking, and, and you know sometimes things just fall your way. So, you know, it's like Dan Marino, never won a Super Bowl. I mean, so some of the greatest, Charles Barkley, never won an NBA championship. I mean, and these are Hall of Fame players. I mean, so that tells you. How difficult it is. You know, you look at Tom Brady last night. This guy been to 14 NFC and AFC championships game. Championship game. Unbelievable. But let me just say this. This really just came to my mind as you were talking, Luke. The New England Patriots for God knows on however many years that run they had. They were like Clemson playing in the ACC. Being in the AFC East was it was like the NFC East, but with a great team. And they had zero. They knew they were going to win their division every single year because the Jets, Miami, and, and uh, who else am I missing here? Buffalo yeah, but- at the time. They had no competition. So when you could just skate through your year, come on, man. No, I'm, I'm not going to take that away from that. I mean, it's I'm not taking it wins. away, but that's facts. That's factual. Well, it's only six wins, and they always had double-digit wins. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to only win a few more. But what New England did, I I, I don't want to take away from what they've accomplished. And, and to Luke's point, how difficult it is to win Super Bowls, to get this far. And, and I think we can even more confirm how important Tom Brady was to that success. If there was any doubt in our mind, and I've, I've been probably more on the Belichick side, and I, I still – 
M because what he built there, the system that he built, it's just like Nick Saban in Alabama. You know, it the the other players turned in and out, but Tom Tom Brady was the cog that made it all go. And the fact that he's been able to go to Tampa Bay and have such quick success is is very very impressive. Um, and so I mean, you see what you see what they got out there, right? Oh, he's loaded. I loaded with talent, no question. He's forty three. I mean, he's forty three. I mean, listen, I got five weapons out there. We, I mean, listen, I mean, I love Tom Brady, but I think sometimes, you know, that that we give him all this credit. Uh, but never hold his feet and, and make him accountable, you know, because when things are bad, just like a couple of years ago, it wasn't Tom Brady. That defense, that's how they won a Super Bowl. It was because of defense. That's and that's fair. several times. It's because of their defense. I mean, that's why when you look at New England now, well, they don't have no more players. I mean, they, and they don't have all the guys opted out or, you know, and Belichick said, we don't have – we have no players. Look at the receiving core that he that, that Cam Newton had to work with. You no, imagine if, if Tom Brady was there with those receivers, you think the New England Patriots would have made the playoffs? Well, it's not like they were loaded with all these receivers over the years. He made stars out of nobodies as well. I mean, they had they had the Randy Mosses. They had I mean they had pieces. They didn't win they the Super Bowl. Had, they had they had solid players and the West Workers and the other guys in their prime and they were good receivers. He was nothing. Welker was nothing before he got to New England. Who was Julian Edelman? But, but, but the system, they had a system in place, and these guys really excelled in that system. But now they don't have, they, I mean, nothing. They, no. Who's Camden throwing the ball to? No, it was, well, first-round pick Nikhil Harry, but, yeah, he got banged up and didn't do much. But, yeah, I mean, I guess we're, we're probably going down different different paths here. But I guess my, my point is, we, when we look back at all that New England did, it's like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. And Belichick is the, the key reason for that. But I don't think he could have done it without Brady. Brady was crucial, and now we see just how good Brady is. To go down there to, to overcome some of the issues with Bruce Arians and getting on the same page with him, uh, you know, to work with Byron Leftwich as a, as a coordinator, uh, and then to get to an NFC championship in, in a tough division because the Saints beat him twice this year. Uh, like you said, and then to, to have to face them a third time and then finally knock them off. Um, but the defense for Tampa Bay was legit before he got there. One of the reasons why he went to Tampa Bay. And then they came through in, in a monster way yesterday, forcing all those turnovers, three interceptions, that fumble to Jared Cook. So um, Tampa Bay is going to gonna give Green Bay an interesting game. And, and I want to throw this out there. And we'll throw this out there to the audience as well, because Kurt Warner made a mention of this on TV yesterday. He actually believes that all games should be like in domes or in good weather, that games should not be played in bad weather. Because now we, we look at this game at Lambeau Field coming up you know, next weekend, that weather could be a key factor. And how will Tampa Bay's you know, kind of team, Brady's fine, he's used to playing in New England, but how will some of these other guys in Tampa Bay that maybe haven't played in the, the cold weather uh, like Lambeau could be? So... How, where do you guys come out on that? Do you think that weather should always be a fact? You know, if, if a team plays in that kind of weather, Buffalo, uh, Green Bay, hey, that's part of the deal. Or should there be more of a neutral weather uh, implementation, I guess, however you want to word it? Listen, Kurt Warner, go sit down and get you some, some cornflakes <laughs> and relax. Don't rip okay. my boy, Kurt. Don't rip I my mean, boy, Kurt. That's my guy. You know, he is the one that has – 
took advantage of playing indoors and winning the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, of yes, course, the fastest show on turf, Kurt. It helped. You know, you know, I understand that because they beat me when I was with the Vikings my last season to win that Super Bowl. But anyway, well, they shouldn't have beaten us. But here's the thing. No, no, Kurt Warner. No, because it's football. If you want to be indoors, go to the Arena League. If you want to play football indoors, go play in the Arena League that's indoors and in domes and all that good stuff. This is grown man football. You have to do what you have to do, whether it's what it is. Oh, is it so hot? If you go to the West Coast or down to sunny South Florida in August or early September, it's 95 degrees. Do you want an air condition? You know, because you don't want guys cramping up. Come on, man. This is football. You know, you got to be ready to go to Green Bay. That's why you got to do your job to win the number one overall seed so you can have home field advantage. And people got to come to Tampa where the Super Bowl is going to be. And it's warm, and maybe they're from a cold destination, and they cram. No, no, no. Listen, Aaron Rodgers, mama, here come this man again. Tom Brady, if you want to impress me in year 48, okay, <laughs> go to Lambeau Field and beat the best quarterback this year in the league, which is Aaron yep. Rodgers, going MVP. to be the NFL MVP, yep. and win the game. You know, so that's what it's been all about. That's why that when I was with the Giants, we can we can get home field in December and January in a playoff game. But in the old stadium, they open up those big garage doors and that wind comes in whipping. Guess what? If you come from the West Coast and think that's beautiful weather, you can spin the ball. No, 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 no. You better get ready to have to run the football. So that's what it's all about. So football is what it is. Snow, rain, sunshine. You just go play the game. Kurt Warner, see, this this is my thing with quarterbacks. See, they pretty much we be indoors. <laughs> be somewhere where it's nice weather. So it's fair. Is life fair? No. No. No, no I hear you, man. Well, I like that the regular season means so much. Every week in the NFL yeah. matters. You gotta win those games. You gotta secure home field. So I love it. And I, I love that Lambo has the threat of major snow and Buffalo has the threat of snow, uh, New York. And so even Kansas city for that matter, they've had snow. Um, and so I, I, I love all that. I think it's great. I think it, it makes it fun. I don't like games in the rain because then it just gets too sloppy and it's not as fun to watch, but the snow I'm, I'm all, I'm all for, um, if, if cold weather that changes the game as well. That's, that's, that's fun. Um, it just, it, it to me, it provides a test of mental toughness. How do guys handle not just the feeling of being cold, but but actually overcoming what that what that does to you mentally? So um, that's to me even a, a greater test, uh, and it separates teams. So I do think Green Bay will win. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I've mentioned it now a couple of times. Green Bay Chiefs, let's go! The number one seeds, the top two quarterbacks this year. But the big thing with Mahomes. Will he be able to play? So it's still early in the week. We don't know. The concussion protocol is very interesting. He's going to have to, you know, show signs that he's good to go. And he'll have to do the light test and some exercises. And then they've got to get a, a, a neutral doctor to give the okay, not just the chief's doctor or medical staff. So uh, a little bit of a, a journey ahead for him this week. And, and to me, if Chad Henney has to play a full game, the Chiefs are in trouble. As great as he was in that final stretch on that final drive, I don't expect him to be able to do that in a full game. And Buffalo can score with Kansas City. They can score some points. And I don't know if we can be confident that Buffalo's defense can do exactly what they did last week because they, they haven't been that stout defense all season. But, man, they showed that they could. They showed that they could against uh, Baltimore. So 
Um, if they can do that again, that'd be huge. Well, you got to go to Arrowhead. And again, we're talking about this is why you do what you need to do in regular season, right? So you got home field advantage. Hey, listen, Bill's Mafia was magnificent, right? Yeah, they were uh, yeah, the, few, the few fans they had in that stadium, they were so excited. And, and, and they give you that college football uh, feel. I always said when I went to Buffalo to play the Bills, I love their fan base. They're passionate. I mean, these are the years in the 90s when they were so good, four straight Super Bowls with the loss. But Jim Kelly had all these great players, now Hall of Famers, and that fan base was always gas, all gas, no breaks. But guess what? Kansas City is the same kind of fan base. And they're coming off a Super Bowl, huge win. This is this. They are built for this, B. Listen, man, they it's exciting of an offense that they have. This team plays in tough games. This team has to come from behind and win. I mean, the Super Bowl, they were down in San Francisco, and it looked like, whoa, they yeah. had trouble, and here they come back. This team is tested for Go toughness. That might preach right there. This team is tested for toughness because they understand being in tough situations, coming from behind, man down, next guy up. Patrick Mahomes, first of all, will play. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say that. He's going to be fine. Because Andy Reid said last night that he he's doing great. Matter of fact, he was tweeting what he said. Uh, what was that? The, the hashtag Henny. Uh, it's pretty cool. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Right? There you go. You know? <laughs> that was awesome. But I think, B, that, and, and Luke, I think Mahomes going to be okay. Uh, and, and Andy Reid said in this news conference, he's doing already much better. And I don't really think he had like a full concuss, concussion. I really don't. Hmm. I think when, when Mac Jones kind of choke hold him, you know, <laughs> kind of put him in the, the choke hole. And, and you know, even though when you know when you get up, I've been in that situation. One time, I hit Terry Allen with the rest when he's playing the Redskins, and I was getting ready to get up and celebrate, and I tried to get up, and I started falling all over the place because oh, I got a little shot in the ear hole that that throws your equilibrium off. So I think it was more about that because he kind of got boom over by the ear hole that messes up your equilibrium. And if you try to make a, a really quick movement, guys, it throws you kind of off balance. So. I think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes. I love Buffalo, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, fun to watch. I think you're, you're nah. Yeah, I, th- I mean, Chiefs uh, definitely the favorite, and I I agree. I think Mahomes will get out there and, and he'll rally the the team. But here here's something I I was thinking about yesterday. I was I was watching the game with my brother and dad, and we were talking. You know, Cleveland and Buffalo, two awesome fan bases that have dealt with some misery right over the years, and you know, Cleveland has has really become kind of the lovable losers. You, you feel sorry for the fan base, and <laughs> you, you, you kind of, you know, I, I know a lot of Browns fans. I mean, they're fans everywhere, and they stick by their team. But let's face it, they've enjoyed, whether they admit it or not, they've enjoyed being the lovable losers. Like, because they at least have an identity. Because who are Jaguars fans? They're, they're nobodies. Like, they, they, they don't matter. They stink, but nobody cares. Texans fans. I mean, what, we'll talk about Texans in a little bit. But they're just, they don't matter. Whereas the Cleveland fan base has always mattered, even when they've lost. But here's the thing. If they actually won it all and won the Super Bowl, that would go away. So is it, is it actually better today that Cleveland, you know, and think about how they lost. If that, if that one, we haven't even talked about it yet, but the play where it, uh, Higgins reached for the end zone, it fumbles through the end zone. It's a touchback, and, and the Chiefs got the ball. 
uh, which is kind of a crazy rule, but they could kind of point to that play being the turning point in the game. And, and in some ways, the reason that they lost and really it, it, he was uh, uh, targeted or whatever with the, the, the leading with the helmet uh, the defender was. So you could talk about that. So if you're Browns fans, you're loving that today you've got a built-in excuse. You weren't expected or, or supposed to beat the chiefs anyway. And so you continue to be the lovable losers. And so I say that to then mention the bills. The Bills have had some great success. You mentioned the Jim Kelly years, four straight Super Bowls. To me, that's a tremendous accomplishment. And that run of four years, that's as good of, of, a, of a dynasty as teams that maybe only won you know, one Super Bowl or even had a couple years in the playoffs. I put them up on a pedestal, even though they never won at all. But the Buffalo Bills are kind of that, that franchise or that fan base that they're kind of used to being second place. So... If they win at all, that would change that. They would lose that that kind of identity as Bills fans. Maybe they lose a little of their, uh, their luster. Because I think about the Chicago Cubs, when they won it all, they're no longer the lovable losers. So what are Cubs fans now? They're like, now they expect to win World Series, but now they can't. So anyway, I could go on and on, but... I don't know. Do you guys, am I crazy to, to throw this out there? What do the fans think today? Any listeners out there? You, how do you feel about it? You may be onto something here, Bryce, but the <laughs> psychology of fandom and narrative <laughs> yeah. because you're right. The Browns are not expected to win. If they win, hooray. If they lose, eh, you kind of did what we expected you to. Yeah. There, there's a safety net. They're never blamed for losing. So it, it, there is a risk because if you win, then you risk losing that safety net. And then the next 10 years could be just utter despair. <laughs> So, like, yeah, that's right. So, but they're used to the despair. The despair is, yeah, is right. Their identity, which they yeah. can cherish. So yeah. you, you may be, you're like a sports psychologist right now this morning, Bryce. This is very fascinating take. Oh my God. That's listen. If you gave me that kind of take, and I can't, let me just for the record, I can't really identify much with fans. I, I mean, from that perspective, being on the field, but. I wouldn't want to be identified as a lovable loser. <laughs> I mean, to me, that sounds horrible. I mean, that is that is that is horrible. I mean, listen, if someone, hey, you want that that lovable loser fan base, like, yeah, like I, like, no, you know what I mean? I just don't identify with that. And listen, when I think of the Cleveland Browns, I think about going over there, practicing with them in training camp. I think about, you know, the dog pound. I think about being in the end zone with my back lined up against them and feeling eggs thrown at me, you know, hitting me on the shoulder pads and the helmet. You know, those fans, the dog pound, nasty. I still think of Cleveland. They're a great city. This is a great fan base. Not lovable losers. Don't accept. I mean, I don't know who I'm preaching to, Cleveland fans, this morning. Don't accept that. That's not who you are. That's not your true identity. Go back to the dog pound. And I think that's who they are because they represent toughness. They represent no quit and fight, which what we saw yesterday. This is a, this is a team that really is so close. This is a team that don't have old. Beckham is not even, they're not, I mean, they've been through ups and down the protocol with COVID and they found a way to beat Pittsburgh. They got that monkey off the back. And now they went to, to the best team in the league. And the played, them tough. played them tough. And they really, going back, looking at film today, they're probably going to say, you know what? We should have won this game. They had their chance. We, we've done everything to, to win the game on the road. And, and so they probably kicking themselves. But 
the lovable loser mentality, if you embrace that, you're going to always be number two or last. If you're number two, you're last. But think about it. As great as Buffalo was in the 90s, you know how I think about the Buffalo Bills? All the great players, some of them I'm good friends with, I think about losing. I think about Norwood, wide left. I think about all the times they lost. Even though they were in the Super Bowl, they lost. But you think about nobody them. Remembers the, nobody remembers number two. But you think about it. You think about the Bills. They're memorable. All those players are memorable. Nobody remembers anybody on the, I don't know, the, the, the Vikings or the, the Texans or the Titans. Or, I mean, a lot of these teams are just, they're, they're irrelevant oftentimes in the course of a, of a long time. Browns and Bills, even though they're, they're not known for their Super Bowls, they're known. They're, they're in the mix. They, they matter. Th- those fan bases, they bond over one another uh, and kind of the, the misery, uh, misery loves company type of thing, right? They st- yeah. that, there's no, no more uh, bonded group because, what, hey, hey, difficulty bonds you together. So that's what the Bills are nah. Don't lose it, guys. Don't lose it by winning. No, don't, don't listen to Bryce. I mean, because here's the thing, my son, you know, Cleveland fans, they got a fan, they got they got a place in Columbia, South Carolina, a sports bar that all these Browns fans congregate in Columbia, South Carolina. It's like Buffalo Mafia in Charlotte. They everywhere. You think Charlotte's Buffalo, North Carolina or something. I mean, where do they come from? So don't embrace that because if you're not somebody just said that I think Luke you saw you put that up there I love it if you if you ain't first you just better, you just might as well be last I mean that don't mind run up listen here you go golf club hey. Hey. speaking speaking of Browns fans I got to give a shout out my my buddy Gordon uh, his wife's from Thailand so they went to Thailand to have their second child to be born in Thailand so he's he's there for a couple of months but he's a diehard Browns fans fan lives in Charlotte uh he was up at 3:30 in the morning uh because that was Thailand time to watch the Browns that's how diehard they are 3:30 in the morning getting up to watch that with a little newborn I love it so um so let, let let's let, we'll get into our unpack this. Uh, conversation because because it, it is about the Browns today. So this this transitions well. And if you're you're just tuning in, this is the Unpacking It podcast. We're doing it live on Mondays. Start most weeks at ten thirty. Go for about an hour. We've got some flexibility. Uh, and so make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our Facebook page, Unpacking It. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Unpacking It as well. And uh, we appreciate the involvement and some of the comments and, and people participating with this show. Uh, you can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com, Corey, at unpackingit.com. We'd love to hear from you. Any thoughts on today's show? Uh, this will also be available as a podcast if you missed any part of the show. And so you can find that anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, just search the Unpacking It podcast. And so we'll end each show with a segment we call Unpack This. Uh, which is a, a devotional that we do Monday through Friday. Uh, we send it out through email, written, and video. I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Corey does Tuesday, Thursday. And it's a, a thought about sports, faith, and life. And so take a current story related to the Bible, related to our own lives, take something from the Bible to encourage us and challenge one another. And, and so today, I, I want to talk about being in process and what, what we each need to understand because all of us are in process. And so from kind of a a life and faith standpoint, we're all in different kind of steps in our our journey of faith. 
Some of us have been walking with Jesus for a long time. Some of us are, are searching. Some of us aren't sure if we're ready to surrender our lives and, and commit to following Jesus. Uh, some of us have maybe been going kind of in and out of the faith, and we, we've had good seasons and, and bad seasons. And, and then some of us uh, you know, are looking for uh, great growth, and we, we really want to take the, the next steps, and, and we're, we're trusting the Lord to change us, and, and we're, we're seeking him in, in, in major significant ways to, uh, to, to make us more like Jesus. And so we're, we're all in different phases and different kind of steps in the, in the journey. And so we need patience for one another to understand that, that, that somebody may not be at the same place as us. And, and we need grace. We need understanding. We need patience. And so this compares to the Cleveland Browns and, and other teams that are in process. And so for, for Cleveland, they've got to feel good about what they, they did this year. And, and there needs to be a level of patience and, and grace for what, what they did this year because they won a playoff game. That was a huge step for them. So they're, they're heading in the right direction for them to make the playoffs, for them to actually beat their arch rival, the Steelers, is a huge step. And, and that shouldn't be overlooked, and that shouldn't be taken lightly. Uh, that should be celebrated. The Browns should be able to celebrate because of who they used to be to now who they are now and, and who their new head coach is and Kevin Stefanski, uh, who, who seems to be the answer, who seems to be the right guy. And, and then you've got Baker Mayfield, who you know he took a step in the right direction this year. Less turnovers, less interceptions. He's starting to show glimpses of the type of quarterback he really can be and who they thought he could be when they took him first overall out of Oklahoma. But he's still got a ways to go. He's not the, he's not the elite quarterback yet. And so he's got to take steps. He's still in process as a quarterback. And so I want to share a couple of verses to, uh, to encourage us today. Uh, in, in Ephesians, Paul writes, and this is the amplified version, so I, uh, the prisoner, prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. And so we have to have patience with one another. We have to bear with one another in unselfish love as we go through the, the, the life that God has called us to, this journey that we're on, that, that we exhibit godly character and moral courage and, and integrity. And, and each day we surrender to God to say, Lord, change me from the inside out. And as we study scripture, as we learn more about who God is and, and how he, he has called us to live, then we take these steps toward him. We take these steps toward maturity, toward spiritual growth, toward fruit in our life and, and really living uh, in the spirit and, and representing patience, kindness, love, self-control, gentleness. And that becomes who we are and that's what we represent. And so many, many of us though, we, this year we want to see a lot of growth. Like we started in January and we want, you know, want to make resolutions and we want to see change in our life. We've got to just take steps each day steps. We're in process. It's a journey, one step at a time. And it's a little cliche, but it's truth. That's, that's the truth. And so in the NFL, we see this. Teams have to take one step at a time. Add the quarterback. Okay, great. You know, Develop the offensive line. Get the right coordinator in place. All those sort of things. Uh, one other verse, and then we'll get some thoughts from, from Corey and Luke. In Philippians, it says, uh, Paul again, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. 
So Jesus is coming back. And so until then, God continues to work in us and through us and, and changes us, uh, hopefully daily, to where we're, we're continuing to grow and mature daily as, as uh, the work has begun. So as we begin to follow Jesus, the work has begun, and God will be the one to complete it uh, in Jesus's return. So that's what you can unpack today. Uh, hopefully that's uh, encouraging and, and allows all of us to have you know, just some patience with one another that, that we are in different uh, seasons of life and different steps in that journey. Corey, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, first of all, you stole my scripture, by the uh, way. I, I, just, I, just, I just had it right there. When you started talking about this, I had Philippians 1 and 6. Now, he being very confident. That's a big thing. Very Being confident of this, he who began a good work. Uh, in you will complete it. He'll finish it, right? And the day of Christ Jesus. But I got something else I was thinking about as you was talking, man. And it's the process. It's the process, guys, that is difficult. The process, Nick Saban talks about it. That's his whole thing at Alabama. It's the process. You have to believe in the process, right? You have to trust the process. Whether it's in football, whether it's in academics, you're going through school or in life, what you have to embrace and trust the process, knowing that in the process, there's going to be difficulties. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be shortcomings. But you have to embrace those things and knowing that it's part of the building. You know, when you was talking, I was thinking about growing pains. I was thinking about pregnancy, you know. Everybody, you mentioned your friends that's that's happening. You got the little baby. You know, what beauty, beauty it is to have a baby. My daughters get ready this week, anytime, any day to have a baby. But the process is difficult. The process, the trimesters of body changing and gaining weight and, and uncomfortable and, and sick and, and, and nauseous and all from point A to, to the nine months is tough. But the reality is, the work when it's finished, you get to hold that beautiful child, the joy that comes from it. So it is in life, and I walk with Christ. It's a process. From the day I said, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior, change my life, mold me, shape me, form me. Well, that's the process. God is going to do some things in your life that sometimes may make you uncomfortable, may mm. sometimes make you weary, may sometimes, you know, you don't like it, it may make you angry. But if you embrace it, the result is you're going to win. Why? Mm. Because Paul just said it. Being confident in it, that he who began that process, that work in you, he is faithful and he's just to finish it, to complete it. We know it's going to happen. You know what? I was thinking if, if you told me, hey, you're going to win the Super Bowl, you're going to win the Super Bowl, but think about this, but you're going to have to play the games. You're going to have to go to training camp. You're going to have to lift. You're going to have to run. You have to do all this, but, but you imagine that, right? Yeah. That sounds good and it's great, but I got to go through the process still to be able to, to hold the prize. Mm. And Paul, as I close with this and toss it to you, Luke, this is the thing I, I thought about, Bryce, and I think every listener, every fan can embrace this. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He says, I do not consider that I have made it I'm on, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, Paul said it best. 
I haven't obtained anything. I'm in the process. Mm. I'm in the shape, form, mold, but I'm forgetting the bad things, the disappointment, the setbacks. I'm forgetting those things, but I'm going to press on because God is already giving me the victory through Jesus Christ on the cross. Be encouraged today. You got the victory. You're in the process. Cleveland Brown fans, listen, <laughs> my mama used to sing a song, said better days are coming. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> better days are coming. It may not be yesterday, but keep pressing. Keep pressing because you will accomplish one day. Amen. Amen. Luke, go ahead, man. Yeah, I just uh, thinking about process. Um, I just I can't help but think of perseverance. And uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 mentions this idea of running the re- let's run the race marked out for us with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And that, that just really helps me. I think I've learned that when I'm focused on myself, like that, that is pride because my eyes aren't focused on Jesus. When I'm focused on my shortcomings, my effort, my this, my that, I'm missing out on the freedom of fixing my eyes on Christ. Now, that's not a passive thing, but actively looking to the grace of Jesus in my life instead of just so inward focused, because we can be inward focused and think we're humble, but still be prideful. And I've just been really encouraged when when I'm wrestling with something, man, let me just direct my eyes towards Jesus, which scripture says is the pioneer and perfecter of my faith and is with me in the process. I'm commanded to run with perseverance and I have the best person to run with and run towards, which is Christ. Um, So I I know I've been encouraged by that. So I just love, when I think of process, I cannot help but think of of perseverance and, and fixing my eyes on Christ. Amen. Amen. He's the one that changes us from the inside out uh, as we keep our eyes fixed on him. Man, that's good. That's really good. Well, guys, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. And, and maybe one final take or thought that we didn't get to today. And I've got to get this off my chest. And then I'll let you guys go. <laughs> Carolina Panthers. I'm a fan. I love the Panthers. I'm excited. They're in process. They got Matt Rule. I like him. Head coach. Love Christian McCaffrey. Got a running back. The defense, they added some pieces, but they need a quarterback. And you know who they need? They need Deshaun Watson. Go get him. Do whatever <laughs> you can. Go get Deshaun Watson. Trade for him. Drive there. Pick him up and bring him to Carolina. We need him. We want him. Change everything. He's one of the top five young quarterbacks in the NFL. There's no question about it. And and if, he, if it's not working in Houston, and maybe there's a, a topic that we could get into next week, uh, about kind of why it's not working in Houston. But regardless, I think the Panthers should go get him. Even if you trade a ton of first-round picks, it is worth it. He's a proven quarterback. He's a winner. And, and I believe he would change uh, things quickly in Carolina. Corey, go ahead. What do you got for us today? Well, that's great, but that ain't going to happen. But anyway, I mean, they got to draft a quarterback. Panthers, go get, go get Mac Jones, a proven winner. Go get Mac Jones. Uh, you know, get Mac Jones. Turn off his mic. There you go. Come on, Mac Jones. Come on down, baby. Listen. Mac Jones? Yeah, Mac Jones. Go get Mac Jones. He's the best quarterback in the draft. Here we go. Um, Listen. You know, the, the chef was, I, I, don't, I don't even want to go there. Here's what I really want to close with, though. And, and I will be remiss if I did not say this. Shout out to one of the greatest leaders, the greatest competitors, one of the greatest men that God put on this planet Earth. And that's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
as we celebrate this day. It is a holiday. I mean, listen, man, I, I'm just encouraged by who he was, a man of faith, man of God. Even when things were against him, he continued to fight the fight of faith. And and, and I just want to leave y'all with that, man. No matter what you're going through, trust the Lord and his plan for each and every individual's life. And you know, the freedom in which he gives us to, 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 to boldly profess the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I, I sat there and that popped up on my phone. I was like, well, I forgot. I wanted to just mention that, man, that uh, I want to remember him today. And I know we're here today because a lot of what, obviously because of God and, and what God has done through men like this is that we can have this freedom, uh, black, white, no matter what we are, that we come together and, and talk about the silly thing called sports and football, but because of great men who sacrificed and gave it all and ran the race with excellence that we're able to date. So I want to shout out Dr. Martin Luther King. God bless you. Rest in peace, which I know you are with Jesus. And uh, hopefully we can all just look at his life and remember one great thing he said and just be encouraged today by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that. And I was I was looking up quotes today and it's just the word love just always pops up like that's that was his message. His message was love and it's cliche. And you did a devotional about it last week. And, you know, we 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 understand the importance of love, but it's so easy to just be unloving and, and to, to not love people that look differently than us. And it's like we know it. And then when it comes to actually living it out, we, we really struggle with it. And so we have to continue to be reminded. And when people that live their life representing that message so well, it does give us a great example to follow. And ultimately, Jesus is the one that we follow. And what was his message? What was his life? It was all about love. And love. so so, so then you, love. you look back at, at you know key figures in life and, and the ones that we can really admire are the ones that, that lived based on love, lived from a place of love. And that was their message. And so that's what that's what bubbles up when you read or listen to Martin Luther King Jr. And so um, absolutely. So, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll celebrate today. And I was love watching NBA today and listening to the uh, the TNT guys talk on this day. They always offer a, a great perspective. So um, I'm looking forward to that bunch of bunch of NBA games today. Luke, what's your final take today before we wrap things up? Yeah, I was going to give a potential sports take, but uh, I love that Corey brought up Dr. Martin Luther King. I, and just piggybacking off you guys, just this idea of love is really wanting the best for someone. Uh, and for like all of you, all of us guys in here would attest the best that someone can have is life in Christ. And what better way to love people than continuing to preach that and offer that and love with that as our fuel as our life in Christ is fueling our love for one another. Mm. It's not just love is not enabling others to do what they think is right, but is, is living out our life in Christ toward others. Uh, and, and I'm just really encouraged by that today. And just the, the amazing example that uh, that was led by Dr. Martin Luther King, just, just desiring life in Christ for people. And the implications of that is unity. So, yep. Well, we need that now more than ever. And uh, I just love the the peace that comes with love. Man, I, I've been reading this book, actually, for me and my wife. And, and that's one of the things it talked about, the love there. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, but it's just amazing how much, you know, the concept of love. And, you know, the one thing that continues to strike me is the sacrificial love. It's mm. easy. The Bible says it's easy to love those that love you. It's easy to love those that think the way you do, that do good to you, to do good for you. 
you know, but what about those that sometimes are unlovable? What about those that may be totally different than you? And if we can get and break through that ice, that concept, man, just like, I know it's not easy, but through Christ, I can love the unlovable. Through Christ, I can love those that, even my enemy, the Bible says, even those that come at me. And that's the thing. I can still love them. How? Through Christ in you. Amen. You know, and that's the thing. You can't do it. I can't love Bryce or Luke or anybody else if I don't have Christ in me. I might have a fillet. You know, we call fillet love, a feeling. I can love people or, or eros love. So a woman, I, say, I can have those, but I'm talking about agape love. Mm-hmm. unconditional when they don't treat you right when they don't don't do things that you think is right but i still can love you so i just look at the man dr martin luther king jr's life and he embodied all of that you know though the attacks though things that came in at him though being jailed just like paul thinking about paul he still loved regardless and i think that's something that we need to embrace very very greatly Absolutely. And I, a, bu- a book I recommend is Love as a Way of Life by Gary Chapman. He wrote the book Five Love Language Languages. This was a follow-up to that book, uh, and it's been very impactful to me and convicting of, of the way that we love people and through kindness and patience and um, some of the other kind of key, basically that come from the, the fruit of the Spirit, but uh, that, that play out through love, humility. Uh, so it's a really good book, so I recommend that as well. Well, that's all we got for today. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that. Uh, anywhere podcasts are found, just search Unpacking It. Also, subscribe to the Unpack This devotional. Uh, you can subscribe on unpackingit.com. Luke, he's our social media director. Corey, he's our director of ministry outreach. I'm Bryce Johnson, president and founder here at Unpacking It Ministries. And as we wrap things up, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We've got trivia nights coming up. We've got the Unpacked Lunch coming out up. You can find out more information on unpackingit.com. We'd love for you to connect with Unpacking It Ministries. Whether you're in Charlotte or around the world, we've got opportunities for you to connect with us. Luke's in Texas. Corey's down in South Carolina. I'm here in Charlotte. We come together as sports fans following Jesus. And thanks for being a part of this show today. We will talk to you next Monday, live, 1030 a.m. Eastern time here on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and as always, on the podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your day. This has been the Unpacking It Podcast. (laughs) 